welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women in Soul Care series. I'm your host, Arlana Scola. Who is the renegade woman? She is the woman who behaves in an unconventional manner. She is the woman who rises to the occasion of her calling, her vocation, her passion to overcoming, to serving, and to bettering the world in any other number of verbs that call to her soul. Many people ask, what is soul care? Soul care is an ancient practice and a modern-day necessity. The care of the soul was and is central to our spiritual life. C.S. Lewis said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Caring for the soul matters because soul neglect happens, soul deprivation is real, And caring for the soul is of vital importance to leading a well-balanced and abundant life. The following is a beautiful quote from Ken Geyer. He says, The soul, though at all times hidden, is at all times revealed, expressing itself through everything we say and do. Through the ordinary brushstrokes of everyday life, a portrait of our soul is being painted. Such an eloquent expression. In the process of being renegade women and caring for our souls, we must remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. Welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women in Soul Care series. Today, my guest is Jojo Tabarez, and she is a renegade woman. Here's a little from her bio. Jojo is a transformational health coach using health programs with a weight loss component. She's married 36 years to her college sweetheart and they have two children. Jojo has always been a unique individual from the top of her five foot tall head to the bottom of her children's size three feet. She's a purple lover from the time she was born and has a passion to help others as guided by the Lord. Well, Jojo, welcome to Renegade Women in Soul Care. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Yes, I know. I'm super excited. And my first question is always to say and ask, so how did we meet? And (laughs) you and I have, a, I guess, probably a normal story these days, but a unique story of just having met on social media. Yeah, I love that because I get to meet people from all over that are like-minded and amazing like you are. Oh, thank you. I love it too. And it, you know, it opens up the world to have great conversations yeah. and be able to uplift other people and share stories and just bring the word of God to other people in the different ways that we're called to bring it. So I absolutely love that and thankful that we connected. I am as well. Why do you think that you're a renegade woman, Jojo? You know, I never heard that term put that way. So at first I wasn't quite sure, but if you're talking about uniqueness, I used to say I was weird. My mother didn't (laughs) like that term, (laughs) but but I am. I, I have always been different. I have never been like everybody else. And you know, when I was a kid, that bothered me a lot. I used to think I'm just weird. You know, I'm not like anybody. I should try and be like everybody else. And that was so wrong. (laughs) First of all, it was the the hardest period in my life because I just can't. I, I, God made me unique in so many ways from the fact that I'm very small 
to all kinds of different things. I mean, I have never been like everybody else. And it was the hardest childhood when, until I realized I didn't have to be. Yeah. So I just think differently. I do different things. I love different things. I moved around a lot. And as a kid, and I was shy as a kid. Yeah. So that was hard to move around too. So I was, you know, when I moved in the South and they were saying, oh yeah, this is how you get somewhere that, you know, you turn at the corner where there used to be the Red Robin or this or that. I'm like, I don't know any of (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Where the speed bump is on the left side of the road, where the feather fell four days ago, that's where you need to turn. That's really why I do what I do, because when I first heard about these kinds of programs, I was at my wits end and basically living my entire life on my couch. Uh huh. So when I found a way to finally lose my menopause weight and I was able to not only look better and I felt better, but I have had more energy now than I have had. Even when I was a kid, I I can never remember having energy. Even as a kid, I used to remember, I I told you I was weird. So (laughs) when I I would be sent out with my siblings to weed the lawn, after about 20 minutes, I could never figure out why my brother and my sister had the energy to keep going. And I was like, (laughs) wow. So for the first time in my life, I feel amazing. And that's why I'm passionate about what I do, because I feel like God has stuff for us to do and we can't do it lying on our couch. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so what was the the pivotal moment for you in that? Because clearly that's a life-changing event and that life-changing event is changing other people's lives. So what was that like pivot? Well, I, I found a health coach. And she walked with me. She had several different programs depending upon the health and the health goals of the person. And it was individualized even further to that person. And it was all good, solid nutrition, which is something that I, you know, I thought I was doing well Uh (laughs) because I didn't overeat and I wasn't eating, you know, junk or anything, but I just, there was so much I didn't know or thought I knew was right. And she just walked with me. And when I learned about how to do that, I thought I need to tell other people about this. And my husband's issue right now just spurred me on because I was not heavy for almost all my life until menopause. Uh And then since my, my son was born, um, I was almost 37 then, and I gained my weight. So I had different issues. My husband was heavy his entire life, even as a child. Yeah. And he had had years of trying to outrun diabetes and high blood pressure and yeah. he couldn't take the medications because they made him feel awful. So he kept saying, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm gonna, and he could never do it on his own. He was exercising like crazy, which I couldn't do. Uh-huh. I was living my life on my couch, but he was exercising all over the place and could never lose anything. And when I found these, I helped him lose 60 pounds. Wow. And he's not even pre-diabetic anymore. Wow. But some things, I mean, he's now not at great risk for heart attack and stroke, yeah. you know, thank the Lord. But he's 61 now. And so he has had certain things that cannot be reversed. Sure. Um, so he now is almost blind in one eye 
because of diabetic retinopathy. Uh And we are dealing with things like shots in the eyes and LASIK procedures Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of, I just, I really don't want that for anybody else. Yeah. I just, I have such a heart for people so that they don't have to go through all of this or worse, because I had a friend who was talking to me, wanting her husband to get on, you know, the phone with me to Uh talk about health. And he did not prioritize his health. And he, I think, I don't remember if it was two weeks or two months later, but he passed away of a heart attack. Oh my gosh. I just can't let people not know that there's, there's an answer. There's there's a way. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate on a personal level because I have struggled all my life with my weight. And it's a it's a uh, genetic thing. I mean, there's some really, really big people in my family. And so it's always been like this push-pull thing for me. And thank God I was always an athletic person as a kid. And, you know, I competed and did all of those things. But even to this day, it's a, it's a constant struggle. And so I feel such empathy and um, such encouragement for people that struggle with it because for many people like me, it's a day-to-day thing. And I, um, since, let's see, within the last year, I've lost maybe 35 pounds. Yeah. I have 20 more that I'd like to, like to lose, but it's just, it's, it's part of my life journey. And I know that, and I have an amazing a personal trainer that I work with who's just unbelievable. I've worked on and off with him for 20 years, but I can, I can understand your passion for helping people navigate this difficult space of having problems with weight and trying to get it off. So I congratulate you. I cheer you on. And actually right this minute, I'm going to grab it if my voice sounds far away, (laughs) but I'm reading for a second time a book called The Shift and it's seven powerful mindset changes for lasting weight loss. And Mm. it's just a reframe for me. It's like, okay, remember for me personally, mindset matters. That's so important for me in my journey. So I, I congratulate you for, um, for having the passion and the God-given, um, talent and desire to help people through this. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I deal with that as well. It is not just weight loss, but it's mindset shifts, habit changes, yeah, sleep, all of those different things. Stress management. I, I deal yeah. with all of that for my clients. So yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. And it all has to be addressed because yeah. it's not just, it's not just one piece. The weight right. loss journey is a, is a whole life experience. You know, it's not just, oh, I'm going to cut my calories. No, we got to change right. it. Just what you said. I mean, oh, I got goosebumps. So awesome. <laughs> so awesome. So Jojo, what do you consider to be your most significant accomplishment? I'd say outside of my, what I do for a living, the most amazing thing that I've ever done is be a mom to my two kids. Yeah. And my daughter is now 33. My son will be 24 in June. And that grows you as a person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and it, it gives me a passion for other people to mentor them. And you know, what's really funny is the other day I was chatting with somebody, two people on Facebook, and they both told me that I was like their second mom. Wow. 
And at first I thought, I don't want to be old enough to be somebody's second mom. <laughs> and then I started thinking about it. Well, yeah, I've, I've had two children. My oldest is 33. I'm 60. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I feel so good and I feel so young that it was like a, you know, it didn't relate. I didn't. Yeah. It's like, it didn't wait a minute. <laughs> But you know what? I feel like I just turned 60 in February as well. And I have women um, that I mentor that are younger. And I feel such an honor to have them trust in me. And for you, for someone to say, gosh, you know, you're like my second mom. I mean, what an honor to, to be in that space. And it speaks so deeply of, you know, of who you are as a woman, as a human, as a, as a child of God. And it's just so much fun. And when I turned 60, I was like, this is so exciting. Oh my gosh, this is, (laughs) this is so cool. And I like you, I feel fantastic. I mean, I'm full of energy. I'm excited about life. I'm positive. I'm, you know, all those things. But I started looking back. I'm like, wow, 60, I kind of have been through some things in my life. I I know several generations of people, you know, where when you're 30, you might know one generation, you know, that's coming up behind right. you. So I love it. I'm so excited. I, I am very honored now. Uh, it took me a minute, you know, uh-huh. but at first I was like, hmm. And then I thought, yes, I am quite honored. And yeah, it's what I've said. I'm, I'm probably going to do a Facebook Live about this. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I've lived through a lot. I've lived in many different places in the U.S. I've had a lot of experiences. I've had a lot of difficulty and I've pushed through all of those things and I have a lot to offer. And I think that's why the Lord wanted me healthy because I couldn't do any of those things for anybody. Right. Including my kids, you know, from my couch. I just, <laughs> Lord's like, okay, get up, let's go. Right. It's time to go. <laughs> that's so, so, so special. Jojo, what is your favorite word and why? I think gratefulness. Mm. And I think because a lot of times I've been through a lot of difficulties, both physically and a lot of family dynamic type things. But when you're going through stuff, they tell you, you know, and the the Bible tells you to be grateful. And I am grateful to God that he got me through a lot of different things. I've had some miracle stories that I could share. I mean, we could talk for days. (laughs) And I have really been very, very blessed with my kids, with my husband of 36 years, with a lot of different things. And the, um, I think it was like six, eight months ago, I decided I was going to keep a gratitude journal. Yes. And I've been writing three different things that I am grateful for every single day. Yes. Six or eight months. And that really makes a difference when you wake up and you can write all those things down and you're like, well, this isn't so bad. Yeah. And then to go back and look at it and say, oh my gosh, whoa, that is so amazing. Yeah. I do a thing where I, every morning and every night, you know, I try to do it every morning and every night, but what are the three things I'm grateful for? Mm -hmm. And that means I wake up being grateful and I go to sleep being grateful. Mm -hmm. And it's been a really, really good spiritual practice for me because it sort of, you know, it bookends the day and it's, it's so powerful. So thank you for bringing that up. I listened to a podcast yesterday, this this gentleman that I absolutely love. His name is Ed Milet. And yes. he, was, 
interviewing, you know, of Ed? Oh my yes. God. I love Ed. And he was interviewing Sean Casey, who is a very famous and accomplished uh, major league baseball player as a, as a batter. And he said in casual conversation, well, yeah, I, I write in my gratitude journal. I'm like, okay, this is a hall of famer. If he isn't yet, he's going to be a hall of famer. And he's talking about writing in his gratitude journal. And I was like, yes, Jesus, you know, <laughs> because everybody needs to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super important. What is your least favorite word and why? <laughs> well, this really isn't a word, but I, as you may have guessed, I am an extrovert and I love talking to people. And a lot of times when I'm on Facebook and I'm talking to people, you get the thumbs up. Uh huh. I hate the thumbs up because there's no conversation. <laughs> So that drives me crazy when, when you ask a question and you, you're, you know, oh, I see that you have these dogs and your, your kids are so adorable and blah, blah, blah. And they give you the thumbs up. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, that's so great. I've never thought of that before. (laughs) Very, very interesting. And I'm sure you're not alone on that. You know, don't give me the thumbs up. Oh my goodness. Okay. What is the hardest thing that you have ever done? Well, you're going to find this weird too. So here we go. The hardest thing I'd ever had to do was to tell my parents that I accepted Jesus. Oh, wow. My parents are of Jewish heritage. Uh huh. My dad is an atheist, a true atheist. And my mom, I don't believe, is an atheist because she's mad at God. It's really hard to be mad at somebody you don't believe exists. Kind of like being mad at Yogi Bear. Yeah. <laughs> right? But my mom was very antagonistic toward family members that were religious uh-huh. of any kind. And so it didn't go over well. I, th- uh-huh. well, I think if I had told them that I was gay, uh-huh. if that had been the case, it would have gone over better than telling them I was a Christian. Wow. So that was, it, it, it's been a really long journey. It's been a long time since uh-huh. that conversation. And it's been a very difficult relationship because they just, they, they basically don't believe in almost anything I do and believe in and say. And so it's been, that was really the hardest thing. I kind of broke the mold though, because my brother married someone and they are now Christians and you know, attending faith-filled church. And so there's just my sister left who's thinking about it. (laughs) That is, I got goosebumps. That's my whole, that's the three of us. We are, there's just three kids. And so, yeah, I I have in some way affected um, my siblings, but so far, and this is another, well, strange. So my mom has Alzheimer's. Uh She is in a facility and apparently with her in the facility, though, I'm not sure this woman has Alzheimer's because she is on it. I mean, uh-huh. she is a past, a famous pastor's wife. I don't know her last name. God bless Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn <laughs> has been taking my mom to Bible study. Wow. <laughs> Isn't God awesome? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. To, from, from many years ago where I told her and she, her words to me were, was, if you were going to pick a religion, you should have picked one you were born into. So this like, I did not go over well, but my mom is in a state right now where she she's late stages and she uh-huh. doesn't know what to do with herself. So when yeah. someone says, let's do this, 
She yeah, does. ready to go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know if you know, but I'm a hospice chaplain. And so I've spent about 15 years in the, the hospice wow. arena and I've done held many different roles, but the chaplaincy part is my heart. And um, I've seen so many miracles as people grow in and through their disease process, that it's just amazing. And hearing what you're saying about your mom, it's like God works in such amazing ways. I've had family members tell me, oh my gosh, my, you know, my mom's not saved or my dad's not saved. And I'm so worried. And and I, I always say, hey, until their last breath. Right. And even within their last breath, God can be working. So that's spring. That's what I believe that that there is a last moment where yes. the Lord will petition for their heart. Yes. And yeah, so I may never know until I get to heaven right. if my mom's there, but I have this hope because of Carolyn. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so great. And God sent Carolyn. Yes. And God, I think, allowed my mom's, this is just a horrendous disease. It just, yeah, it is. But I think God allowed it to bring her to himself. Yeah. Because I think that would be the only way she would. Yep. I hear you loud and clear. (laughs) Oh, this is so good. (laughs) Okay. Shifting gears. What makes you weep, Jojo? Well, these days, sometimes toilet paper commercials, to be honest with you. I I weep for a lot of things these days. I mean, my mom's situation, my dad, because he doesn't have anyone outside of himself. Um, He doesn't, he's not a believer. He's alone now. He's in pain and he is really lonely. Yeah. Those things make me weep. It makes me weep when I hear people not wanting to hear about God and going a wrong way. It makes me sad when I know that I can help somebody like with, you know, to make them feel better and and be healthier and they either won't take that plunge or can't for whatever reason. Yeah. That makes me sad. Knowing that my, my children are grown now. <laughs> yeah. Because I miss them when they were little, but, yeah. um, you know, lots of things I'm... I, you look back and, um, but lots of things also make me so excited and things like this that we're doing today is just one of those things. So thank you. You are welcome. Thank you for your, your depth and your honesty and your candor and your vulnerability. I mean, it's just, it's super special, especially since we've never met. (laughs) I have some of the best friends I've never met in person. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love (laughs) it. I love it. I love it. If you could go back to your younger self and hand out free advice, what would you say? You know, again, this is going to be kind of not your norm, but I wouldn't. Wow. I I love it. I don't think younger Jojo would even listen to me. I don't. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't have missed the ride because it got me where I am today. Right. And I think God allowed all those mistakes that I made and all of the dumb decisions that I made and all of the wrong ideas that I had and whatever for a reason. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the thing. Wow. 
That is so powerful. I, <laughs> I put in show notes, like unforgettable statements. That's one of them. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. What women have inspired you? Well, I think the ones that right now are inspiring me are my mentor coaches that are helping me build my business because they are all pastors and ministers, by the way. Wow. That's all of my mentor coaches in my line of coaching, they're all pastors and ministers. And it just fills my heart to know that they're, my coach has a ministry in Atlanta, Georgia for the homeless. Her coach mm. funds a worldwide ministry with her business, uh, Saving Souls. And mm-hmm. that just really inspires me. But also Priscilla Shire. Uh-huh. I've been reading her books. Uh, I'm currently reading Awaken. It's a uh-huh. devotional, 90-day devotional, and she inspires me so much. And I love Touched by an Angel. <laughs> yes. I watched Della Reese. Oh She's my God. Amazing. I loved her. Yes. And I, I think the world could, could learn so much from her life and, and her, what she's done, not just that show, but, you know, and the, I think the world misses her and people yeah. her. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. She was a, she was a very, very special woman and full of yeah. grace and love and power. Yes. Breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. What soul care practice do you do and how do you feel when you've tended to your soul? Well, basically it's just prayer Mm -hmm. and I have um, devotionals that I read some in the morning, some in the evening. I have with my line of coaching, there is a prayer call Monday, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Thursday mornings. Uh There's a prayer call that we have that my coach has for our clients or anybody that is on a weight loss journey of any kind to come in for prayer. There's a lot of that, but there's also just taking time because I think a lot of this society right now is very technologically filled. I mean, everything is right now and yesterday. And so you, you need to take time for yourself to recharge. Um, I tell that to my clients. So, you know, and the people that, that I'm mentoring for their health coaching business, you know, that they have time to recharge and be with the Lord and going to church and being, I'm part of a lot of uh, Bible studies and things like that. And so that fills me, replenishes my soul, the energy in my soul. And, and I feel when I don't do that, I can feel the difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important. And that, that's why my ministry is soul care and it can take many different facets. Like Ed Milet mm-hmm. tends to my soul, you know? So there's yeah. so many different ways that, that we can take care of our souls and it's so important. And I just went and grabbed another book. You can tell I'm a book person. <laughs> and this is from a reading yesterday, and this is not a religious book, but I underlined, it says, investing in solitude. Hmm. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And I just loved his terminology, investing in solitude. And it is an investment. Mm-hmm. When we slow down, we take the time to invest in nothingness for the growth and healing and restoration of our souls, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, and all of that. Yes. So, so important. So important. Well, will you elaborate on, you said you you don't feel right um, when you don't do it. I call that in different facets, deprivation of the soul. 
How do you feel when you haven't done it? Well, I empty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, and that, that was happening to me a lot when I was living on my couch. <laughs> I felt like I'm alone. I, you know, I'm not with anybody and I'm an yeah. extrovert. So not being with people is like painful. Very, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's really hard for me. And a lot of times I, I didn't even have the energy to go to church. So I, mm -hmm. I wasn't filled that way. I mean, you can watch it online, you know, but yeah. It's not the same thing as that's why God tells, tells us to fellowship with yeah. other people. And, you know, and so when I was living on my couch, it was just me, my pain, my fatigue, my frustration, yeah. my loneliness. And it just made me feel removed from everything and everyone. And also it made me feel like I had no contribution to anyone, including my kids, my husband and my kids, because they were here. I'd been, I was finally diagnosed with fibro in my early forties. I probably had it since I was a kid and I never felt like I could do anything for anybody. That guy mattered. What I did mattered to anybody, especially after I became a Christian. Yeah. That's what I wanted. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And you can't do that when you can't even take a shower without napping first. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, now I never feel like that. Now that's incredible. I feel like I'm making a difference for my clients. I'm making a difference for the coaches on my team. I'm making a difference for people on Facebook that have nothing to do with health. Just if they ask a question and I've got the answer, Yeah, I can help somebody. I mean, I once had somebody who's an author come to me because she loves a lot of the little memes that I create on Facebook. Uh -huh. She said, can you make me one of those memes for my book to advertise my book? And I oh. said, sure, what do you want it to look like? And she told me and I put it together and she wanted to pay me for it. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. Yeah. It mm -hmm. takes me like five minutes. And But I felt so good because yeah. that was something she needed and wanted and, and I could give it to her. Yeah. And, just little things like that make me feel like I'm making a difference for people. That's why for me, for my kids, that was the number one thing that I made a difference for my kids. But now they're grown on their own. And, and I love to do that for other people in any capacity. If there's any knowledge, any help, any support, any encouragement for any reason that I can give somebody, that's what I live for. It just fills me up. Wow. That, that is so special. And it's just so interesting how God moves in our lives. I mean, like, like you, I see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on Facebook, social media, and all of this. And I asked you, like, would you want to be on my radio <laughs> women and soul? Because there was something. And oh, now I'm you. understanding what that something was, <laughs> because I didn't know you, but I felt <laughs> you know, there was something unique and beautiful and special beyond your, you know, your physical beauty and your smile and all wow. that. There, there was something. That's God. <laughs> it's yeah. All of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and how just extraordinary, super, super, super neat. Well, you've kind of talked about this already, but if you want to elaborate further the question is, what is your passion piece right now? And I, I think that you said it through the through the whole conversation, but anything else you want to add? 
Yeah, I just, I am so passionate right now about getting people healthier earlier in yeah. life. I don't know if you saw the issues going on with my husband's eyes. Yes, yes, yes. I've been praying for him. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. For those of listeners that don't know, my my husband had been unhealthy his entire life, not just with his weight, but his eating and all like that. And he had very bad diabetes and high blood pressure. He was trying to, to he tried some of the medications that they, uh, the doctor suggested, but they made him feel awful. So he couldn't take them. And he kept saying, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to, he couldn't do it on his own. He would exercise like crazy and couldn't lose weight. And some things he did, he could lose a little bit, but then he'd gain it back and then some. And, and so it was just this decades of, of unhealth. And a lot of those things got turned around. In 2020, I found what worked for me. I lost my menopause weight. 40 pounds on five feet tall was a yeah. lot mm-hmm. for me. For him, I helped him lose 60 pounds and he is not even pre-diabetic anymore. Wow. His blood pressure is great. It's it's a little high right now, but he's stressed right now because of the eye thing. Uh-huh. Um, but he had some of the things like you can reduce your chances for heart attack. Like the, the one woman who was talking to me happened to her husband or a stroke. Some of the things though, you cannot change. Yeah. My husband's eyes are one of those things. My, his um, specialist, the retina specialist said this was 15, maybe longer years in coming. And I only got him healthy in 2020. So wow. the damage to his capillaries in his eyes had already happened uh-huh. and they were just waiting to burst. And he said that usually happens when they're about 60 or 61. And uh-huh. my husband was two weeks shy of 61 when wow. he had the first one. Yeah. So this has been a lot of fun because Jojo does not like eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge. Oh my goodness. So he, I had to, we had took him to the uh, specialist and they had to put a a needle in his eye. And that's the thought of that is just Mm. gives me chills. And he's had to go back once for LASIK surgery. Mm -hmm. He's got two more LASIK surgeries and maybe a regular surgery on his eyes because this, he's had four bleeds. Wow. This last bleed has not cleared up in three weeks very much. Mm-hmm. The first few, they went away in a few days. And so he's virtually blind in that eye. So that has made my passion like tenfold. So much stronger, so, yeah. There are so many, I mean, 70% of uni- of people in the US are either overweight or obese. Yeah. So many of them are children. Yes. And they're, that's how my husband was. And I don't want anybody to have to deal with needles in their eyes, Uh, things like that, because it doesn't have to happen. And the thing that really freaked me out is I thought, well, you know, he's been doing this because he, this happened because he didn't take the medications and his, his blood pressure and blood sugar for so many years was not regulated. But, you know, I met two people in the doctor's office, the specialist's office that were not related to each other either. They were just two different people had the same exact thing happen But their medications for decades had Mm -hmm. left their symptoms. Their numbers were great. They were shocked that they were blind in one eye. Just like my husband, they needed the needle. They needed the LASIK, all of that. And they had been medicated all those years and their their numbers were great. But the thing is, 
that's masking. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, and so, you know, they were still overweight, so they still had diabetes. They still had right. high blood pressure. They just had the numbers on the on the Charging, diet. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're like good. placebo kind of, you know, thing. It takes care of the symptom, but it doesn't right. take care of the, down the issue that's yeah. in, you know, the, the midst of it all. And so I want to do that for everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm like so passionate right now to do that for people and younger people. We have a program for people, for teens. Yeah. That's and I have so great. Teen, I have a teen right now on one of the programs and it's just my biggest passion right now is to make sure nobody else has to go through things like my husband did or is going through, or like my friend on Facebook did where she lost her husband. Right. Well, I cheer you on with you know, my experience with the, the weight struggle and it's rough, but it's, it's doable. I mean, and, and you're teaching people how to do it and not just the weight part, but the health part and all the different facets of it, the mindset part, the, the spiritual part of it. I mean, this is big and it's so necessary. And that 70%, you know, should be 5% that, you know, it used to be. Yeah. Do you know that 67 years ago, it was like four point something, yeah. the obesity rate? It is now like. Yeah, 50, now it's 40. the norm. Yeah. That was the norm. Yeah, I totally get it. And I I will continue to cheer you on, especially yeah. now that I know even more to bring that 70 down. I mean, even yes. if it's 69, 68, 60, whatever, to bring it down because it is, um, it's not good. It's not healthy. And so many things happened because of that. And with, yes. with my dad, he was way, way, way overweight and developed diabetes and was mm-hmm. not super mobile because of his weight. He had a back right. surgery, knee surgery, you know, all these different things all associated with having too much weight on his body. So yeah. from, a, from a very personal level, I understand that as you do going through the things with your husband. So thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Yes, ma'am. Um, changing lives, empowering people, helping teenagers. I just, I love it. It's, it's just so, so, so great. Any final thoughts? I would just say for everyone out there, you know, it's, it's incredible how God leads you. Yeah. I just, one little thing I wanted to share with, with you and with your, your listeners. Yes. Um, It is amazing how God works. So there was a time where it was like, I think about six years ago now, I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh my goodness. And I could have been, aside from several miracles that God Mm -hmm. performed that didn't look like the miracles I was looking for at the time, I might add. Yeah. (laughs) I'm alive today. Wow. And so what I would share is don't discount the bad times. Yeah. Mm. Because they really get you where you need to go. If I had not had a horrendous financial devastation in my life at that time, I would not be alive today. Wow. God used it mm-hmm. to find because he knew I wouldn't agree yeah. to pay for all of these tests because at the time my husband had lost his job, no fault of his own. Actually, it was more because of the country he's from, Uh Uh (laughs) but um, we, we had very little income and we qualified for state insurance and they paid for, 
I didn't want to take advantage of it. Uh-huh. I didn't want to. And, and so I kept saying, no, I don't want them to go looking for a fibroid tumor that everybody knew was gone because I was past the age of right. where hormones, I, I had uh-huh. no hormones left. And so they kept saying, no, we need to look for this. And then they found it was gone, but then they found a uh, cyst on my ovary and I kept saying, but it's, it's fine. I, you don't need to take it. And they're no, they kept telling me it be, can become cancerous. It has to come out uh-huh. while the surgeon was taking that out. Something told her to take out the fallopian tube so that she did. And that's where they found cancer and fallopian tube cancer is really rare. I didn't realize how rare until uh-huh. many years later, but it is so rare that as a person who reads the sonograms or whatever you call it, uh-huh. as, she said, most people who do that never see a case of this in their entire careers and neither do OBGYNs. Wow. And because they took that out and they said, it's also extremely aggressive and there wow. are no symptoms until it's too late to right. save the woman. So wow. I, not only did they take that out, then they said, well, it couldn't have started in the fallopian tube because that's too rare. So they took everything else out, biopsy, awesome. all of it. Nope. That's where it started. Wow. And I'm alive today because of lots of different horrible things that happen. So don't discount. Yeah. Why is God having me go through these horrible things? He's got a plan. Yeah. And sometimes we know why, like I found out with this, but sometimes we don't know. And all we can do is trust in him to know that he's got our best interests at heart. There's a reason. Yep. Absolutely. Completely. 100% true. And thank you for saying that. And don't discount the bad times is Mm -hmm. going in the show notes because we all need to remember that nobody goes through life without bad times. It's part of the journey. And we need to be reminded of that. And as women, you know, uplifting one another in our experience and how God brought us through. Yeah. That's what it is. It's your testimony. Yeah. Your testimony, just like my testimony of being on the couch. Yep. That is going to, and my husband's, this is what's going to help other people. So the bad times that you have can spur others on to health or wherever God has for them to do. There's a reason. There's a reason for the bad times. Yes. Always, always, always. Well, thank you for these amazing words of wisdom and again for your candor and vulnerability and your joy and your passion and your knowledge and your understanding. And I'm so glad to have had you as a guest and to consider you now a new friend Mm -hmm. and um, just really, really thankful for that. Well, as am I, this was my great honor. Well, I'm I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we officially met, even though it hasn't been in person yet. I was <laughs> yet. So Jojo, where where can people find you? I'm on Facebook, Jojo Tabaris okay. on Facebook. I think there is more of me on there. There's there's somebody else with that name, but uh if you look for uh Jojo Tabaris, you probably find me. I'm the one that's talking about health. <laughs> okay, great. And uh yeah, so that's basically the best place. Okay, super. Well, thank you for that. And I want you and everyone to remember, I know you already know this, but to remember that every day is a once in a lifetime event and to remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And so Jojo, may you be blessed with peaceful nights and gentle days. And thank you for being my guest. Thank you. All right. Take good care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. 
Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Renegade Women and Soul Care. I hope that you were blessed by the conversation today. It's so exciting and wonderful to be able to talk with these amazing, dynamic, powerful women about being a renegade, but also taking time to care for their souls. If you know of somebody that would be good to be on the show, please let me know. You can reach me at Arlana at therubyredslippers.com. And for all things soul care, please check out my website at www.therubyredslippers.com. There's information about retreats and mastermind classes and one-on-one consultations and also information on my book, Sunsets and Soul Care, which can be purchased through my website and also on Amazon. Please remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. May you be blessed with peaceful nights and gentle days. Ciao for now.